This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards episode 5. I'm your host Kevin and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host Justin. Justin, how are we doing this evening? I am doing wonderfully, Kevin. Thank you so much for hosting the show once again and inviting me to be your co. Every week, you all don't know this, every week I have to wait to see if Kevin's going to send me a message and be like, would you like to be the co-host again this week? And I don't know if it's going to happen, but luckily so far we're five for five. So I'm proud to be back. I haven't lost my job yet. It's a week to week contract. It is. You have to earn it. <laughs> um, luckily it doesn't go on your pub dub record um, based <laughs> off of that. Cause if not, uh, we, I'd be in the market for another co-host. Um, just a slight little dig there for you, Justin. Um, but I'm very excited for this week, dude. I mean, we had a fantastic week of college football. Uh, I'd argue and say it's probably the best week we've had thus far this season. Um, we had a little bit of a interesting week in the NFL, but this week's episode is going to be a little bit special because we have, um, we're going to recap week four, obviously of the college football season. Uh, we're going to preview week five this coming week. And then I also am going to lead a little bit of a discussion on the Ryder cup, which is a, golf tournament that happens once every two years and it's really exciting and i'm excited to talk about it this this evening and i'm excited to educate my wonderful co-host on why he needs to check out the Ryder cup this weekend yeah you're gonna have to do quite a sales job i'll be honest i don't watch golf it's it's i think it's a great opportunity for a nap if you want to put golf on tv on a sunday um but yeah, this I want you, I'm ready for you to sell me on why the Ryder Cup is something. It's must see TV, and I want to know why. It's must see TV this weekend. I promise you. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it. But let's start with what our listeners like the best. What we like the best: college football. Yeah. Uh, week four, a fantastic slate. Like I said, like I said, um, how do you want to start? Do you want to go coast to coast? Do you want to go like the biggest game? Do you want to start? Just go down the slate uh, time-wise. Like, how do, how do you want to tackle this monster of a slate that we had Saturday? Well, Kevin, I mean, you're the boss here. I think you call the shots. I mean, I would suggest maybe should we start with Tennessee and then just go from there? Let's start with Tennessee. Let's, okay. let's, let's start with the good old balls. Um, what a rebound from last week. I mean, looked a lot better than... Than against Florida, that's for sure. Uh, Tennessee wins 45-14 against UTSA. Uh, there was a little bit of a moment of scariness there in the third quarter when uh, UTSA was driving and it looked like they were going to make the score 31-21. Uh, cut it to a 10-point deficit, but the ball's defense kind of buckled down um, and really didn't allow another point the rest of the game. And I was very impressed with the bounce back, I told a couple of my buddies, I was like, listen, I'm opening myself up to get hurt again. And I'm, I'm giving them the opportunity to sucker me right back in. And that's exactly what they did. I was like, you just got to look good. 
and I'm right back on the wagon. And and I thought that they looked very very good Saturday. It was very impressive win. Um, granted, UTSA is not very good, but nonetheless, neither was Austin P. And you didn't look very good in that game. So it was good to have a laugher of a win. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I appreciate any game that I can watch where Tennessee doesn't keep it in doubt you know, for very long. And, and then I don't have to be stressed and nervous the whole time. So that's, that's nice. How much can you really take? I feel like this season is so weird because we're now four weeks in to the college football season. And I still have no clue what I should expect from this Tennessee team. I really don't know. I, and I don't think, I don't think that we learned that much from this game. I mean, you take away Joe Milton's play, play number one, his 81 yard <laughs> touchdown run, which was insane. literally, <laughs> yeah. I mean, take that away. That's a huge chunk of the offense right there. And then, then you're talking, you know, and, and I know this is maybe not a fair game to play, but then, then what you're 24 to nothing at halftime, which is still okay. Mm-hmm. But like, what happened in the third quarter? Like, did the defense fall asleep? I didn't, I, I'll be honest. So Saturday, um, I was in Flagler Beach with my girlfriend and her family. Mm-hmm. We watched the Florida State Clemson game. So I watched all of that game. And then we had to go to, um, we didn't have to, but we had tickets to go to a music festival um, mm. in, in St. Augustine. So we were there seeing Maggie Rogers and Mumford and Sons. And I didn't see much of the, the Tennessee game after that. Buddy, um, well, so yeah. Well, my Saturday was the exact opposite. I woke up at nine o'clock in the morning. You went to I a came... music festival in the morning? No, I didn't, bud. Oh, I woke up at nine o'clock in the morning. I waddled myself downstairs, and I didn't move from my basement till ten forty at night. I <laughs> literally watched college football all day long, and it was immaculate. It was quite the opposite of two weeks ago, where I was passed out dead. Yeah, this time I was just passed out like alive. I was well, let me just, all day so let me just ask you this question. I mean, so Dylan Sampson looked good, but let me just ask you, because yeah. I know you watched every snap and you tend to be more critical. I think I, I, te- I think you, I think your, your peaks and valleys are more varied than mine. My, I stay maybe closer to the middle. Um, right. But I want to see like, you're, you're even killed. I'm a little more even killed. You're a little more reactionary in the moment. And then, right. you're <laughs> back. Um, but that's okay. That's you're a fan. This is what this is what it is. So after this, you're saying, were you saying going into the game, you're ready, you're ready for Tennessee to like get your hopes up again. And now coming out of it, how confident are you? Because now we're heading into I personally, I think this game defines the rest of our season um, against South Carolina. Right. We, We talked about it prior to the season starting. This is a revenge game. It's going to be Neyland under the lights. 7.30, 7.30, we're going dark mode. The black helmets are coming back out. And I think that this game is, is really going to be sort of indicative of have we started to correct the issues that we had against Florida or mm-hmm. are there still some lingering problems? So I just want to know how you're feeling heading into the South Carolina game after watching the game Saturday. Yeah, so we'll just go ahead and dive kind of into the South Carolina game if you want to All do right, that. I didn't mean to go out. Uh, of order. No, no, that's totally fine. That's we could just knock out Tennessee to start the show because really I don't have too too much to say about them this week. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean going into the UTSA game, I was saying that 
if they look good against UTSA, I am prepared to be all in again. Season's not over. You know, we've got a chance to win the East. The chips have to fall where they fall as long as we look good. And we looked good. So going into the South Carolina game, I feel very confident. Um, Granted, we have to do it again. (laughs) And we have to continue to do it. And like you said, you kind of don't know what Tennessee team you're going to get on any given Saturday. You could get the team that just won 45 to 14. You could get the team that kind of throttled Virginia week one, um, or you could get the team that showed up in Gainesville in week three. Um, I think that we have kind of corrected our issues. I think Milton, I mean, the third quarter was a little dicey, right? Um, I do think that the defense kind of fell asleep. I think they kind of were resting on their laurels a little bit. Um, on both sides of the ball, actually, the play calling was a lot more vanilla than it was to start the game. Uh, I, I, but you know what? Joe Milton, his the deep balls that he was throwing, mm-hmm. they were good balls. Even some of the ones that might have been overthrown, they weren't overthrown by a lot like we saw two years ago. Um, and it was nice to see kind of the playbook kind of open up a little bit to where we did see a couple of deep shots in this game. Um, like we've seen really up until this point. Uh, and, and I think the highlight is Dylan Sampson. I think yeah. that, you know, he scores what four touchdowns against Virginia in week one mm-hmm. um, scores against you scores against Austin P I believe. And then scores two more uh, Saturday and goes for 139 yards. I think and then, of course, doesn't play a snap against Florida, naturally. Right. Um, I think that that might correct itself. Now, I know that Jalen Wright's still going to be running back one, right? He's still our best option at the out of the backfield. Uh, I think that Dylan Sampson is going to end up playing a bigger role going forward. Does that mean that uh, Jabari Small's role kind of diminishes? Maybe. Um, but I think that Dylan Sampson is kind of like – taken the opportunity that's been there and just like grabbed it by the horns and ran with it literally. Um, and it also helps his case that he wears number six, uh, kind of like another running back that used to wear number six. That was very electric whenever he got the ball. And so I might you be referring to uh, <laughs> one Alvin Kamara. I might, I might. I saw a tweet, uh, I guess a post on Saturday that was uh, on X. That was a uh, picture of Dylan Sampson. And it was another, it was the, the post that I remember another running back that was criminally underused that wore number six. And I was like, oh. damn. Poor <laughs> choice of words uh, there. I know. Criminally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't even catch on to that. But yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> But yeah, I do think that Tennessee is going to bounce back Saturday um, or continue that momentum that they gained on Saturday and keep it going into the South Carolina game. Like you said, the black jerseys are going to play a big role. Neyland's going to be sold out. Neyland's going to be rocking. Uh, Like you said, it's a revenge game for last year. And I think that I think Tennessee's going to going to hand it to South Carolina hey, um, as a person that that tends to dip their toes into those uh, fan duel uh, waters or I'm not touching that spread <laughs> yeah because right like it opened at what 11 yeah, and 12 12 and a half it opened at 12 and a half yeah I I look at that as a person who does not bet on sports and I was like that's insane 
Yeah. I, I, when I saw it, so it was Sunday when I saw it and I was like, I saw the tweet and it was like spits out like it's, or the post on X and it said spits out coffee, like the spits out coffee gift. Yeah. And I was like, huh? It was like 12. It, what really got me was the over under was set at 60. Yeah. And I was like, in what world are these two teams going to score 60 points? <laughs> like neither team, granted Tennessee scored 40 twice, but, but South Carolina, I mean, but those were against, you know, two terrible teams and South Carolina is not, not a terrible team. Um, I don't think that South Carolina is going to put up a lot of points. And I, I think this is going to be kind of, I think it's going to be as low of a scoring game as, the Florida Tennessee game was no, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, thirty eight thirty one or something like that. You right, thirty five twenty five or something. Yeah, but the twelve. When I saw the twelve and a half point spread, I was That's like, absolutely cool. not, not so this, a chance. This is, a, this is like a bait line. Like it's, it. I think so. Vegas, this is Vegas trying to make some money right here. Right. I think so. And it could be Vegas trying to make some money either way. That's the crazy thing is that there is a scenario where Tennessee does kind of like pull away late in the game and ends up winning by like 14 or 21. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't see that happening. (laughs) Um, I I was shocked. I, I expected something more like actually, to be honest, I was somewhat surprised that we, we weren't like a two point favorite or something. Uh, I was expecting like six or seven. Yeah. Is what I was expecting. Well, uh, so to yeah. see that number doubled, I was like, mm, I'm not touching that. <laughs> Here's the thing that I will say just generally. I mean, you should, you should never bet on any, any advice that we give you during this podcast. I, I have also always strongly stuck by the, by the belief that you should never bet on Tennessee football ever, ever. Cause they will, they will break your heart and make you poor. So. It will, especially if you're a fan and you're getting your heart broken and you're losing your money. You know, yeah, that's not a good part of the reason. You know, maybe you just bet against Tennessee that way. Yeah. If you they lose, you just, <laughs> you still get some money. <laughs> uh, All right. But yeah. let's, so the Tennessee game was good. It was a good game. Uh, let's, you mentioned Florida State. You watched yeah. this entire game. I watched, watched this entire game. Let's dive into this game. This was a good game. The Seminoles win uh, by a score of 31. 31 or 30 to 24? Did they end up kicking that extra point? Yeah, 31-24. Because they scored first. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 31-24 Seminoles. Uh, another fantastic game. This kind of like kicked off the Saturday for me. It was really the only good game going on at 12 o'clock. And so it's the game that I was focused on and Man, what a game. I, I'm, I'm glad that Florida State won. I'm glad that Clemson showed up and wasn't just like belly up after they lost to Duke. Um, just a fantastic game. Just yeah. a fantastic game start to finish. As, a, as an honorary Seminoles fan, what, was, what were your thoughts on, on this big win for the Florida State? It's so funny. Like, I, I've just never had the experience of really immersing myself in a family that is like so die hard for another school that isn't Tennessee. So mm-hmm. like to be part of a watch party with my girlfriend, her parents and her aunt and uncle, and they were all in on Florida state. Um, I mean, this game was emotional right up to the end. 
Um, Clemson, once they missed that field goal and it went to overtime, like the, the house just was going nuts. And, uh, it was, it was a really fun experience to watch it like through that lens. Um, I will say this. I don't think apart from field goals being blocked or extra points being blocked, I really don't care when conditions, reasonable distance. I do not think there's an excuse for field goal kickers, place kickers to miss field goals. Like I just don't get it. That's your job. That is your, that's all you do. Yeah. The only thing that I would say to counter that is like the distance. I mean, if it's like a 50 yard field goal, kind of like in the Notre Dame Ohio state game, if it was Notre Dame's first field goal was like a 50, like a 51 yarder Mm -hmm. that one, I'm like, okay, well maybe you shouldn't try to do that. And if you miss it, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, when you when the Clemson kicker missed, I believe it was like a thirty-four yard field goal to win yeah. the game. It wasn't a fifty sixty yarder. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. And and I felt for the guy because oh, I don't yeah, know if you guys were listening story. to the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad, dude. Like they were I, I really think they devoted a solid fifteen minutes throughout the broadcast to this guy's story. Oh yeah. And if if somehow you missed it if you didn't watch the game, the Clemson kicker, what he was no longer on, he was on the team last year, correct me if I'm wrong. And and he, he decided not to play this year because he was going to lose his position Mm -hmm. and he was still taking grad classes. And then I believe they said Dabo Sweeney's son convinced him to come back as a walk on. And he had, this was his first game and he hadn't even practiced all season. the, that's wrong. The same. No, lines. I think you're right. I think that yeah, that's pretty. I I I think some more of the backstory was he had taken a either an internship or a job at like a company in New York. Um, oh, really? And was like starting to pursue his career. And Clemson called and was like, "Hey, we think you should come back and play." But like you said, he thought he was losing his position. And I guess he he talked to his boss, and his boss was like, "If you don't go do this, I'm going to fire you." Really? So, yeah. That's wild. Um, I bet his boss was like an idiot now. <laughs> well, unless he's a Florida State fan. If he's a Florida State fan, he feels like a genius. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, they were they were hyping that guy up, telling his story the entire time. And then I, what I will say, what really got me was the two announcers. One of them said, uh, I believe he was like a, a Hollywood setting up to be a Hollywood ending. Yeah. Yep. And then the other guy said, well, the riders are on strike. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, no truth. When, when it, not anymore, thankfully. But uh, that was, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Felt bad for him. Shades of Club Nick, the way that like during the Orange Bowl, like you could tell that all the press kit that the commentators had consumed all week was just like, Oh, this guy's going to be the next thing. You just got to talk about Club Nick the whole game, and boy, did they! And he looked like garbage against Tennessee. So yeah, he did look better th- uh, last week, though. He did. State, he did. He's he's improved. I will say, like, you can see why people think that he's a good quarterback. He shows signs of it, but like, I mean, he didn't look great against Duke. He didn't look great against Tennessee. No, he didn't. Um, Anyway. I don't know. I just I thought it was this was a uh, I want to talk about Florida State for a second just because their schedule is really all right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um they've got a matchup with Miami left. I know they have that. I know they have a matchup with Florida. Yeah, they got to play well. 
they'll be fine. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They'll be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I believe they play North Carolina as well. Um, and so I, I might be wrong on that. Um, schedule, so. But I'll, I, I'll fact check you. Yeah, the meat of their schedule is behind them. I mean, I, I, I know that coming into the season, everybody was saying that if Florida State can split the LSU and the Clemson game, they'll have a chance to make the playoff. Well, they did better than split it. They won them both, and, and they looked pretty good in both games. I, I know in this game, this Clemson game, you know, they came back. They were down yeah. early. Um, exactly. Yeah, they looked and, better and, in the second half. Yeah. And I was glad that they were able to dig like they were able to face that adversity um of being down early, that they didn't just come in there and just like throttle Clemson the way they did LSU. Um and Yeah, and, you, you, you know. gotta have those challenges during the season, right? I right. mean because as soon as you get smacked in the mouth, like you gotta know how your team is gonna respond. And and they did. And and so, you know, credit to the to Mike Norville and the Florida State Seminoles. So looking at their schedule um, they've got Duke at home on October 21st. They're actually off this week. They get their off mm-hmm. week early, but Duke at home on October 21st. Miami is also at home on November 11th. And then at Florida, who, how are they even ranked? That's a, that's ridiculous, but yeah. they do not play North Carolina. Um, okay. Maybe the ACC championship then. Yeah. There are away games or Wake Forest and Pittsburgh back to back on October 28th and then November 4th. But other than yes. that, so really all they have to do is navigate Duke and Miami and they'll be fine. Both at home too. So yeah, that's a big, big plus for them. Uh, that Miami game is going to be a fun game. Yeah, Miami game. Um, that, yeah, that'll be a good, that'd be a good one for you to try to go to. Yeah. Um, that'd be a good time. Um, but yeah, Florida state, Florida state did, uh, well, I'm not going to say they won the weekend for me, uh, but they came in second place on the weekend for me. Um, who's number one. I'm not talking about that yet. <laughs> I know everybody. I know the Ohio State fans are waiting for it. I ain't talking about it yet. I know um, all two of you. Um, I'm just kidding. There's, it's Ohio against the world, Justin. Don't you forget that, okay? Uh, as Ryan Day says, um, let's go out west though. Let's park in Eugene for a second. Let's do it, dude. I knew. I didn't think Colorado was going to win. Okay, forty-two at twenty-one point. Underdog, no Travis Hunter. I didn't think they were going to win. I didn't think they were going to get embarrassed. Embarrassed, showing up, exposed. Holy crap. The Dion haters are are in heaven still. They're they're still on cloud nine. Yeah. It was was ugly, dude. Yeah. And I feel like it could have been a lot uglier. It was bad. Uh-huh. You now you you uh, mentioned in the notes. You feel like this was a catapult for Bo Nix to be in the Heisman conversation. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, two seventy six uh, and three touchdowns. That's that's pedestrian. And it, it wasn't. I mean, look, he got Colorado, pulled in the third quarter. <laughs> Colorado's not a playoff team, right? I mean, so I Colorado the, has had the benefit of like a. I mean, TCU that was an interesting game, but since then. They they haven't played like competition that I would call great. They're they're right. gonna get like also this weekend. It's gonna be bad news for you. Travis Hunter's not playing again. USC is mm-hmm. about to do it again. <laughs> Maybe worse. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm just saying. Like I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think this puts Bo Nix. He's. 
I know they got the bodacious campaign. I see it. I open ESPN and there's bodacious banners. I don't need to see right. that crap. Yeah. All over Times Square. Yeah. Have you seen that? It's all yeah. over Times Square. I know. Um, and like, evidently, I was listening to some podcast. I can't remember which one it was earlier in the season. And they said that that billboard is running out for six months. So what if Bo Nix like breaks? Not, I was just about to say like tears his ACL. Not saying that I want that to happen, but like <laughs> then you got to sit there and have that stupid billboard up. Maybe they can sell like it to Bo Jangles. Of it. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> That's wild. Wild. Yeah, um, but yeah, I. So my thoughts on this game, right? I saw an interview Friday night that they were, I think it was ESPN was interviewing Dan Lanning, the coach of Oregon, right? And I believe they asked him like nine questions and seven of them were about Deion Sanders. And about the fourth or fifth question, you could kind of like see a switch flick in his head. And it was like, all right, I'm kind of tired of the Dion talk. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Was the other question about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Because I feel like everybody <laughs> in sports has been asked about that. That this this was this was predating Travis Kelsey and Taylor. Well, no, I guess it wasn't. It was it was still in the high, still in the uh, rumor mill. We didn't know if it was official or not. Um, officially official. Uh, I got thoughts on that too, but I don't want. I feel like yeah. we might need to roll into that at some point. But yeah, yeah, we might have to hit on the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift stuff. Um, but he, you could see a switch kind of flip in his head and he kind of got that look in his eyes of like, all right, can we please shut up about Dion? And then nobody can. No, no, we can't. Um, and then I see on pregame, the Colorado players stomping and dragging their cleats to the Oregon logo. And I was like, Oh dear God, (laughs) it's going to be bad. (laughs) I was like, they're going to run the score up on these guys. And, and that's exactly what they did. Um, You know, you had Dan Lanning's pregame quote of, of they, they do it for clicks. We do it for wins. Oof. I was like, oh, oh man, he's, he's, I mean, he was, he was spitting facts Saturday. <laughs> he was ready to unleash hell Straight on, fire. on Dion. Yeah. It wasn't so, I don't even think it was on Colorado. I think it was on Dion. I think you're right. <laughs> and I just think that, you know, he, uh, I believe the score was like 32 to nothing, 35 to nothing. And they had like a fourth and six or a fourth and goal from the six. And he went for it and scored a touchdown. And I looked at my dad and my dad was over at my house. We were watching the games together. And I was like, he's going to run the score up on him. And he was like, he sure is. And he did it again. and went for it on fourth and like two, uh, up like 40 points, I believe, or like it was after that. I think that was to get to 42. Um, and you know, he, Hey, I think that what Dan Lanning did, I don't have a problem with it necessarily because Deion Sanders is one of the most cocky, brash coaches out there, just like he was as a player. And if you're going to talk the talk, then you got to be ready to, you got to be able to take it right back. You got right, to yeah. take it right back. And, and to his credit, he did. He did. Um, I, I was worried that he was going to be, you know, a little upset about landing running the score up or anything like that. And, and he wasn't, he, no. so to his credit, he did take it like a man. Yeah. Um, that. yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, 
I don't know. I, I think Dan Lanning the last time this happened. I don't yeah. think so either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think it's coming Saturday actually again. Um I, I, did think say, that, I saw he I saw him say something like this is he's it, it, you know, he he was giving credit to Oregon, but he said something like, This is gonna be the worst Colorado that you ever see. You know, yeah. and, and in fairness, he's I didn't probably like that. <laughs> well, he's probably correct. I mean, with the attention that he's getting for the program um, obviously he gets a lot out of his players. Um, I think that the future is bright for Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he could be correct, but, but I don't know. Like he, he does bring a lot of this on, you know, and it's great when you win and you can back up the talk, but yeah, like I agree. Like if you, if you get waxed, if you get embarrassed then you've got to be like, yeah, well, I mean, they got to do what they got to do. Even Josh McDaniel was like, damn, you're running up the score. Um, in that Oregon game, but yeah, um, right. It was, uh, it was ugly, but I mean, Hey, I, I don't know what else you could say about it. I mean, they got, he, he wrapped it up pretty well. I mean, he's, he admitted they got out, we got out coached, we got out played, we got out physical and, and they were the better team. And well, Oregon was 42 to six. Yeah. After that. Yeah, you're like, all right, they they handed it to us. Can we just kind of get off the microphone now, please? <laughs> um, that's what I'd be saying. Um, Kevin, Kevin, I think people are going to want to know how you're feeling now because this is like back to back weeks where I feel like you've had to you've had to come to the crap. podcast and lick your wounds a little bit here. So I just I, I I think that now it's time. Maybe we should talk a little bit about what happened with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah, let's. Let's dive into that. I'm not gonna eat crow, okay? No, no, I'm I'm not. I refuse to, okay? Because here's my thing, and I'm gonna try to keep this short and sweet, okay? Because I've looked at the time and I'm looking at how far we're going, and I do want to talk about this game for a minute. Um, this was the game of the year, in my opinion. A fantastic game, a fantastic environment in South Bend. Uh. Just the green jerseys looked beautiful. Um, the stadium was very loud. You could tell it wasn't like when Georgia came a couple of years ago to South Bend, and like there was a lot of Georgia fans there. This was a lot of Notre Dame fans there, um, and so I want to give a kudos to them to start it off with. Great environment, fantastic. I want to give a kudos to Ohio State. Okay, I I will. Give them their flowers. I hadn't talked about them all season. Deservedly so. They hadn't really done anything. Um, and they showed up Saturday night. They really did. That. <laughs> I don't think they were the better team. <laughs> I, I don't think they were the better team. I think that if Notre, if you play that game 10 times, Notre Dame probably wins it seven or eight. I think that. Notre Dame had a lot of missed opportunities. I go to the very first drive of the game. Uh, they get the ball down to the Ohio State about 30-yard line, clearly in field goal range, and Marcus Freeman goes for it. Sam Hartman is a fifth-year, I believe he's a fifth- or sixth-year senior, and it looked like he got the first down, but he went out of bounds prior to the ball crossing the first down marker, mm-hmm. which is just something that you cannot do, do in that, that situation. Um, so you had a missed opportunity there. You had a missed opportunity later on in the game. I believe it was also in the first half. You had um, 
like third and two, third and one, they hand the ball to Audrick Estime. I thought that he got the first down. Um, they ruled that he didn't, and then Notre Dame kicks a field goal and misses it. Uh, Notre Dame's kicker hadn't really missed any field goals this season. He's been pretty good, um, and I was pretty confident in the Notre Dame special teams game. Uh, and then he missed that field goal. Well, Notre Dame ends up losing by three points. If you if he makes that field goal and you take the field goal, Notre Dame then wins by three points. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then, of course, the I don't know, man. I think that Notre Dame was a lot more physical. I think they controlled both lines of scrimmage a lot better than a lot of people thought they were going to. I thought they were the better team for 59 minutes and about 47 seconds. And they just kind of crumbled there at the end. And I don't know. I mean, I was in a group chat with a couple of my friends and they knew that I was picking Notre Dame to win the national championship. They knew that I was picking Notre Dame to win this game. And at, after after Ohio State took the three to nothing lead, they texted. They were texting me. And they're like, "How do you feel?" And I was like, "As long as we don't let them score, we they're good." They're, I'm sorry, we. sorry. As long as they don't let them score, my apologies, my apologies. As long as they don't let them score, we're they're good. They're good. And then Travion Henderson ran that 61 yard touchdown, and I was like, "I'm still okay. I'm still good. You know, I'm I'm happy." There's still a lot of football left. And then Notre Dame, to their credit, came out in the second half and just looked like a totally different team. Um, The offense was clicking. Everything was going well for them. And I was fist pumping in my living room because I was like, I finally got one right. I told y'all Notre Dame's for real. Y'all can shut up about them. They're good. Ohio State's frauds. I told you. And then Ohio State got the ball back with like a minute left to his credit. Kyle McCord drove right down the field, showed he had some big nuts and a couple of long third down conversions, insanely long third down conversions, like a a tip drill, but an offensive lineman catches somehow uh, a ball that goes right through a Notre Dame safety's hand that should have been intercepted. And and the coaching gaffe of all coaching gaffes. You got to have, hey, listen, I, I'm no, look, I'm not going to try to tell you I'm a football expert, but one thing I do know, you got to have 11 players on the field. That's some Derek Dooley shit. <laughs> That's truly something that I think Derek Dooley would have pulled. Uh, I, I don't know what, I don't know what Marcus Freeman was thinking. I mean, I understand maybe it's not his call. I mean, he's the head coach, right? So it ultimately falls on him, but you could kind of, I I understand that you could blame Al Golden, the defensive coordinator. I get that. Okay. But you're the head coach. You just take a timeout, right? Ohio state's at the two yard line and you just took a timeout out of that timeout. You send 10 guys on the field. So not only did Notre (laughs) Dame have it for the last play of the game, they had 10 guys on the field for the second to last play out of the game. Out of the timeout. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't notice it at the time. But when I saw it circulating that they had 10 guys on the field, I was baffled. I was, I was just shocked. And, of course, 
where does the running back score his game-winning touchdown? At the missing defensive end's position. <laughs> and, and, you know, what's the explanation that Marcus Freeman gives in the postgame? I believe he said we didn't want to give them the ability to stabilize and to get set. And we didn't want to move them closer. Buddy, you're on the half-yard line. You can't, you can't move any closer. You can't go to the quarter-yard line. You can't go to the one-inch line. You're at the half-yard line. Take the penalty. You don't want to give them a chance to get stabilized. You just came out of a timeout that you called. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I know a lot of Notre Dame, fan, Notre Dame fans. My dad's a diehard Notre Dame fan. A lot of them love Marcus Freeman. A lot of them do not like Marcus Freeman. And the Marcus Freeman people, the Marcus Freeman haters are like, this is why. Because he's an inexperienced coach. Mm. And I think he's a great coach. I think he's a fantastic coach. I just think in that situation against that team on that night where you are showing to the world that, no, this isn't the same Notre Dame team that, you know, you've seen for the last decade that can't win in the big game. You have a chance to do it and you just have the biggest mistake that you can have. Right. However, even though they just had that biggest mistake, I don't think that they're done yet by any I means. This. I love this. Never say die, Kevin. Never, Never say, say die. I'm staying on my hill, buddy. I'm staying on my hill. I'm actually, okay, a little inside, back behind the scenes. My dad's a diehard Notre Dame fan, right? Yep. I went to Notre Dame Clemson last year. Kind of fell in love with the campus. Kind of fell in love with it. I was like, okay, if Tennessee's not playing, I'll be rooting for Notre Dame because they are, it, 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 I kind of love it. It's, it was just magical, right? Whatever. Get another dog in a couple of weeks. Me and my wife were sitting there watching TV, and my dad's favorite movie is Rudy. And so oh. we go and put on Rudy. And I'm like, have you ever seen this movie? She's like, no, I've never seen it. Whatever. Watching the movie, and she loves it, and I love it. And she goes, why don't we name the dog Rudy? So now we're getting another dog that is named after a Notre Dame football player and a Notre Dame movie. So, like, you know. I'm slowly coming around to the South Bend people, to the Fighting Irish fans, you know, whatever. I still love my balls. Don't get me wrong, okay? Tennessee's still number one. But I think Notre Dame's number two. All that wow. being said, Notre Dame plays Duke this week at Duke. Then they play at Louisville next week. My birthday is October 12th. Notre Dame plays at home against USC October 14th. Me and my dad were talking. One conversation leads to another. And I'll be in South Bend on October 14th to go root on Notre Dame to keep their season alive as they hopefully beat USC. I'll be there in person. So oh. I'll be rooting on the Irish to hopefully let me be right for one time this season. <laughs> no, Okay. No way. That's yeah. an awesome. That is yeah. going to be an awesome uh, college football experience. Notre Dame and USC. It will, it will, and also, and that's what their season boils down to. Game lose, but no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not. I've never seen Notre Dame lose in person, baby. Never. You, how many times have you seen them in person? One. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. I. I. 
genuinely though, Justin, I do think that their schedule is right in front of them, kind of like Florida State. They, I think that the committee will look at them and say if they have one loss at the end of the season, hey, they lost by an inch and a second. Wait, no, and, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. This would be assuming that you don't have four conference champions that are right. Like, yes, like valid that have a valid argument for the playoffs. Because I think if you've got an undefeated Georgia, which may happen. You've got an undefeated, let's say, Florida State. What It could be Washington. It could be USC. And then what about Michigan, Ohio State, one of those two? Um, and then, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 think, I think Notre Dame is now totally behind. They, they've basically put their fate in everybody else's hands. Right. I do think that's the case. However, I don't think that you're going to have I only think you're going to have one undefeated conference champion. I think it's going to be Florida State. I haven't seen a whole lot from Georgia to make me feel like they're going to dominate well, everybody that they play. To be honest, right? You haven't needed to at the same yeah. point. Um, but I had like they haven't moved the needle for me. Nobody in the Big Ten has. I know Ohio State went to Notre Dame and won, but. <laughs> Still unimpressed. The, the, Still unimpressed. I mean, the absolute disregard for Ohio State that just beat your national champion. I know. I, I know. I mean, call it call it biasness. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I, I I I mean, they are better than I thought that they were. Okay, but I don't think that they're good enough to go undefeated. I mean, you're gonna have to beat Michigan and Penn State. Ultimately, what I think is going to happen in that conference is I think that Ohio State's going to beat uh, Penn State. Penn State's going to beat Michigan, and Michigan's going to beat Ohio State, and all three are going to have a loss. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, then now what? Then you go out west, and I have a feeling that they're going to cannibalize each other too out in the Pac-12, kind of the same scenario. Oregon beats Washington. Washington beats USC, and USC beats Oregon. Mm. Now what happens? Now everybody's got one loss, except for USC. They'll have two because they're going to lose to Notre Dame. Uh, but the the other scenario is uh, the other conference is Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma and we'll see right. in a couple of weeks yeah. between those two teams. So, yes, they Texas need help from everybody. I, I think, think Texas. I think the, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Texas has a good chance of running the table. I don't, I'm not, it, look, I, I am a, a a original UT fan, so I'm I'm not trying to prop up uh, UT Junior over there in Austin, but I don't I don't know who's going to challenge them. I, I Oklahoma's know. looked better than I thought that they were going to look, but I don't think that they're going to. I don't think they're going to beat them. Um, but listen, people were saying the same thing about TCU last year going to the Big Twelve championship game, and they lost it. Yeah, that's true. So I mean. I don't think right. It is. It is. The ball bounces a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I don't think that their name's done. Uh, I think they're probably the best one loss team. I think they are the best one loss team. Um, and I think, you know, if you have a couple of one loss conference champions, they'll, they'll end up getting it. All that to say, congratulations to Ohio state. Congratulations (laughs) to Kyle McCord. Congratulations to Ryan Day for coming out a nine-year-old old man that was in bed, had no idea what was going on. Um, 
congrats to him. I'm telling you, Justin, it took everything in my body not to tweet, X, post, whatever. Now do it against Michigan because the man's never beaten. I mean, he hasn't beaten Michigan in the last two years. Right. Um, Although in my mind, he did for some reason. Right. uh, Yeah. Well, remember back week one where I lived in a world where Ohio State had beaten Michigan like the last right. Yeah, well, according to Ryan Day, he's only had one bad quarter in the last two years, which is a blatant lie. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm not going to poo-poo on his parade. He beat, oh, he beat Notre Dame, and sure, have fun with it, man. Good luck the rest of the season. I genuinely hope that you lose every game going forward <laughs> um, <laughs> because you're number one on my shit list now. Um, <laughs> uh, Evan, as a, as a, as a trying to be a good steward of our time. Uh, right. We've now gone, I think 40 minutes um, just recapping week four of college football. So that in mind, do you think we ought to, do you want to do like a, a quick look ahead to week five and then go to the Ryder cup or, or where yeah. do you want to take us? Let's do a quick look ahead to week five. I really, I mean, we already talked about South Carolina and Tennessee, a uh, big game there. Uh, the other big games, I think you, we already hit on USC Colorado. I think we both think that USC is going to kind of thump them. Yeah. Um, Utah and Oregon state on Friday night. That's an, uh, yeah. Is it? Why do you think think so? I, I think it is because, well, first of all, I did pick Washington state last week to beat Oregon state and they did. Um, but I think, so is, is, is it rising or rising? Rising. Rising. Is he going to be back this week? Do we know? I thought he was going to be back last week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I didn't know that the injury was a torn ACL. Um, oh, I didn't know that. And it's a, yeah, it's a torn ACL that he suffered in the bowl game last year. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that he's going to play this week or not. Uh, Utah is doing a very good job of keeping that. Very close to the best. I would bank on him not playing until okay. he does. Yeah, it sounds like probably not. Um, it's at Oregon State, right? I don't know. Like it is I think Friday night. It's a Friday night game. High school mm-hmm. football. Right. Yeah. That's how they do in the Pac twelve, Pac two. But you you're you're feeling like uh Oregon State is ready to play the spoiler for Utah. I think so. I think Oregon State's gonna bounce back from their loss last week and take care of Utah and kind of knock them out. Kind of, you know, now as a fan of two teams with one loss, I'm sitting here trying to look at the teams that might win conference champions championships and seeing who can, you know, I got my, my map and I'm throwing my darts now at who can, who can knock each other out. And I think Oregon State's going to knock off one, one team in Utah this week. I also think Utah being ranked number 10 is, Insane <laughs> because they've looked terrible, uh, but they're undefeated, so I guess that's why they're doing it. But yeah, I, I like the Beavers this week. Um, all right, a couple SEC matchups Florida and Kentucky. I think that's a fun game for us Tennessee fans. Uh, LSU and Ole Miss. Ole Miss kind of shit the bed last week against Alabama, had an opportunity to, like, you know. Barry, Nick Saban, and Lane Kiffin, I guess, just has to call Nick Saban his daddy going forward because you just can't beat the guy. (laughs) 
um, LSU barely beat Arkansas last week. So, kind of don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and then Kansas and Texas. Uh, Kansas ranked. Undefeated Kansas. Undefeated Kansas. Undefeated Kentucky, too, buddy. That's uh, not, I know, quietly undefeated Kentucky. Uh, I think the Gators are running into a big, fat L this Saturday. Lexington. Did you see what uh, Mark Stoops said? No. What did he say? Uh, dude, he said, I, uh, I have all the faith in our fans to get up around 9 o'clock and pound some beers to be at the field and going crazy at 12 because for the 12 o'clock kickoff, I was like, yeah, that's a guy that gets it. All right, man. Well, Too bad it's not basketball season. I give him props um, for that. I mean, I thought you were going to say something like he guaranteed a victory or something, in which case I was like, well, never mind. I think the Gators are going to win the game. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He didn't do any of that silliness. But, uh, no, he, he. I guess he thinks that Kentucky's Kentucky's fans are wild, which is an interesting take. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those are the games that are this week. I mean, of course, the game that I'm going to be watching is South Carolina and Tennessee and Duke and Notre Dame. Obviously, uh, interested to see how the Irish bounce back after the loss last week. Uh, I, College I, game day is going to this game. Yeah, they are. They well, Justin, what game do you want them to go to instead? <laughs> uh, there's really no other good games. I mean, LSU and Ole Miss maybe, but Ole Miss just got beat by 14 to Alabama, and when they announced that they were going to Notre Dame, Duke. Uh, Duke had already won and Notre Dame hadn't played yet. So they kind of, I think they were kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think they might've been anticipating Notre Dame to win. Uh, it's kind of sucks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's undefeated Duke, one loss, Notre Dame just coming off of a heartbreaking loss. Can they bounce back or is their season really going to be ended by Ohio state? Okay. Uh, Question. Let's say something crazy happens and Duke wins that game. Do we have to start talking about Duke as a contender for the, for the yeah. ACC? And I think we should have been doing that already. <laughs> my God. That's I wild. think there's, I mean, I think that they're the second best team in the ACC, which is kind of crazy and nobody talks about them, but I think that they are. Um, wow. Also, did you know the ACC has the most undefeated schools? Well, that's, you know, I, I, if I, if you had asked me which conference do I think has the most undefeated teams right now, I guess I would have just off the hip said Pac-12, um, right. but I knew it wasn't going to be SEC. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> ACC. All right. ACC. Huh. Florida State holding the flag, carrying, carrying the conference. Um, kind of crazy though. Uh, but yeah, I think Duke's underrated, and I think that this game is going to be a blowout. I think Notre Dame's going to go there and kind of be a pissed off fighting Irish team and give it to Duke. I said the same thing last week, so you know what? I'm changing my mind. I think it's going to be a very close game. All right, that the Dukies might prevail in, and hopefully, I'm reverse jinxing myself. You got to. You got to put that mojo out there. Look, 
I, as a fan of the underdog and, and with, with no rooting interest in this game at all, I, it would tickle me pink just if Duke won this football game. It would just be, I think people are going to be tuning in college game days there, you know, and you're right. Like, what are the odds Notre Dame's going to lose back to back games? And, and, and I, they, they, they were in position and maybe should have been undefeated, like should have beat Ohio State. So I, I don't think it's going to happen, but again, crazier things have happened in college football and boy, oh boy, would that, uh, raise some eyebrows, I think, across the country. And that would suck for my USC Notre Dame hype. It would. Truly. <laughs> and that, another reason I'm kind of annoyed that game day is coming here is because that probably means they aren't going to USC Notre Dame. And I was like, damn. You know, maybe if they didn't go to this game, maybe by the time they play, Notre Dame would be a top 10 team. and You have a top 10 matchup, and then they'd go there. And No, they won't be there. So, whatever. Let's, uh, do you want to talk about the Ryder Cup? Or do you want to do puppet ups? I, well, I think you got to give me, you're going to have to give me, let's do it like this. As, because I think that there's a chance that there's a good portion of our 10 listener audience. No, I'm going to, I'm going to win them over. I'm telling you, I am. That, that are maybe not huge into golf. So, so what I want you to do now is, is boil it down to this. I'm not, I am not interested in watching this at all. You have to sell me on it in the next five minutes. Do it. I can't what do if, it in five minutes, but I'll try. Do okay. your best. All right. So first off, when you think of golf, what do you think of? Tiger Woods. Okay. Uh, besides that. <laughs> um, the Masters. I think of um, Shooter McGavin. I think of... Uh, a boring Sunday afternoon where I a listen. boring Sunday afternoon. Yeah. That's what I wanted you to say. Okay. A quiet game, a gentleman's game. You yeah. can't talk, yada, 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 right? Yep. No interaction with the fans, all that stuff. Yep. At the Ryder Cup is the exact opposite of that. It's a three day event where it starts Friday, goes to Sunday, right? And there's no money involved. At all. Mm. All you're doing is playing for the pride of your country. It's the United States against the entire continent of Europe. Kind of an unfair advantage, but whatever. The reason they did that is because it used to be the United States against Great Britain, and the United States was just dominating them year (laughs) in and year out. So they added the rest of Europe. Anyway, This is not your typical golf tournament, okay? So it's a team-based event, right? There's three different formats. There's four balls, foursomes, and singles. Four balls is, you know, you're alternating. uh, Everybody plays their own ball. So I shoot, you shoot, and then the two European guys shoot, and we all play our own ball. Everybody, you just play the whole round, your own ball. Okay. Foursomes is you alternate shots, and then singles is one-on-one. The thing that makes the Ryder Cup so much more fun than regular golf is it's not stroke play. It's match play. Okay? So stroke play, you're playing 18 holes. This is your typical golf tournament that you get throughout the regular season of golf. Mm -hmm. You're playing 18 holes no matter what. Match play, each, each hole is one point. So it doesn't matter if you shoot seven over par and I shoot seven under par. It's just one point. Okay. All right. And 
a lot of times in match play, you don't play the full 18 holes. Because, for instance, let's say that you get to hole 13, and I'm up nine nine holes on you. Okay. Right? And there's no You chance can't come back. Come yeah. Exactly. Uh, so each, like I said, each hole is one point. When you tie, it's a half a point, or the hole's halved, and nothing changes. The Ryder Cup is a team event where all of your individual matches go towards your whole team. The first team to win 14 and a half points wins the cup. Each match is worth one point, and each tie of a match is worth a half a point. Okay. All you need is 14 and a half points to win. However, if you're the defending champion, all you need is 14 points to win. Because if it's a tie, you keep the cup. Oh, fuck that. This so is it's definitely cha- European. There's got to yeah, be a win. It's the champions. Well, yeah, there is a winner. You keep the cup. No. You're the winner. Tie. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's the champion's advantage. It's kind of like the WWE. You know, if it's a no disqualif- <laughs> if it's a disqualification match, a championship match, and the champ gets counted out, they keep the belt. Gotcha. If it's a tie, they keep the they keep the cup. It sounds like football. It's a lot of fun, dude. I'm telling you, the downside is this year it's in Rome, Italy, which you're thinking, oh, that's not a downside. That's that's a beautiful place, right? It is gorgeous. Well, the first match tees off Friday morning at one a.m. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, that'd be sick, though. They're calling the course the Coliseum, uh, but it's 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 not in the Coliseum. Oh, but it does tee off. Timing wise, we're we're gonna be at, at one a.m. Yeah, we'll be sleeping. Yes. So I'm not. I mean, I love golf. I adore the Ryder Cup. I make it a mission of mine to watch it every year. I'm not going to stay up till one o'clock to watch it. I'll just watch it when I get up and then I'll watch the recaps throughout the day. It'll be kind of like the Olympics how you know yeah, it's going on at a certain time and we get the broadcast you know on our time later on. Yeah. But I, I have a proposition for you. What you could do is starting on Thursday you could start drinking moonshine around like noon and make yourself pass out around like 4, 5 o'clock and then you'll be ready to get up around 1am on Friday. That'd be good dude. Yeah. Except I have to work Friday. Oh, well, <laughs> there's the <terrible>. downside. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, I don't know. There's just something about like the stereotypical golf tournament is, you know, just super quiet. There's not a whole lot of emotion. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you're going to watch this. I mean, you, you might not watch it, but whoever's listening, I'm going to watch it and you're going to see emotion day one. Even though it's a three-day tournament, you're going to see these multi-millionaire golfers screaming at each other in the match. Just, I mean, you're talking to Kembe Matumbo, finger wags. You're talking the silencers, the shh to the crowd. You're talking the whole nine yards. They they go crazy for this for this tournament because they're representing their country. Okay. Um, Obviously, the Americans are the villains coming in. Yep. Yep. They're the defending champs. Uh, last year, the last Ryder Cup was in 2021, and it was a record-setting win for the United States. They won 19-9. to nine. Wow. 
um, just absolutely beat the crap out of the Europeans. Uh, and in Wisconsin, it was at Whistling Straits. Mm. Now the United States is coming back to Europe where they haven't won in 30 years. They haven't won on European soil in 30 years. And so it's like, all right, it's kind of like from the golfer's mindset, it's almost, or the golf fans' mindset, it's almost a, if not now, win. Because this United States team's kind of loaded, and this European team's kind of not. Um, however, if you're wanting to gamble on it, it's kind of like a pick 'em. I think the United States are minus 180 on on the gambling sites, and Europe is plus 120 to win. So it's it's a close match uh, gambling wise, but I personally think the United States is going to take care of it. Um, I think they have the chemistry. I think they have the better golfers top to bottom. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with like team captain play because you have a captain. And I think that Zach Johnson, who's the United States captain is going to do a good job of leading, leading the boys to victory on the, on the foreign soil. So just check it out. All I ask is that you just give it a chance Maybe your Sunday morning before you watch your NFL, you just throw it on because it'll be wrapping up at that point. And that's like a perfect segue into your NFL. You get to watch the boys in the red, white, and blue take home a trophy across the ocean, across the lake. That's what they call it. Across the lake. Um, I'll be honest. There's no shot I'm watching this. Although- then miss out. You've done a great job selling this to me, and I do think it's interesting that it is a different format than what I would typically see on a Sunday. I am interested in seeing the results and the highlights, and I do think that for people who maybe you're, you're a person who's on the fence about watching golf, this this offers an interesting alternative. I get it. So It is. It's a different way. I mean, it's the end of the golf season. They do... Two, two events like that, or one event like this every year, they alternate between the President's Cup, which is the United States against the world, yeah, and the Ryder Cup, which is the United States against Europe. Um, and, I mean, it, it's, it's fun to watch. It, for me, it is because, you know, like I said, you get the emotion that you typically see these stoic dudes hit golf balls perfectly, and not have any celebration about it whatsoever, except for maybe when they win a major championship. Um, and now you're going to see these guys hit a golf ball perfectly. And I guarantee you're going to see the Americans sitting there telling the, the European crowd to shut up. Will somebody hit the gritty? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching some videos from practice rounds that have started today, and it's already been intense. Yeah. So if it's intense in the practice rounds, I guarantee you'll see a gritty at some point. All right. Well, listen, I, if somebody hits the gritty, then look, it, 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 I guess if, if I see, let's say on Saturday, somebody hit the, hit the gritty on Friday, I'll, I'll watch some at least on Sunday at the very least Sundays. I mean, if you're going to watch Sunday's the day to watch it's singles match, it's one-on-one you don't have to rely on another teammate to carry you or like alternate your shots or whatever. You're one-on-one against the guy across the course from you. And 
You know, Sunday's when you get like the fireworks. You get the intense shit. You get the people like you get these golfers like curse at each other, walk through lines. I mean, it turns lines is where you're going to putt your ball to the hole and you walk through a line, the line of the putt. That's not what you're supposed to do in golf. They do that. I mean, it gets, it gets intense. So Sunday's the day to watch for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. I may, I may try to squeeze some in. It's going to be another busy weekend for me, but well, but I'll try. I'll try. Me too, dude. I'm going to Atlanta. Not thrilled. Hey, you should feel like a SEC champion. Yeah, I'm an Uber driver to the Jonas Brothers concert. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Are they are they playing at uh, Mercedes Stadium or whatever? They are, and my wife and my sisters are going, and they don't want to drive to Atlanta, so I get to leave Saturday night, which is another tangent. I don't know. There's a wedding that we have to go to on Saturday. Yep. I don't know why people have weddings in the fall. It drives me insane. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about getting married in the fall, let somebody give you a little bit of advice. Don't do it. It's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth, you know, the cool fall aesthetic. It's not worth any of that. You can get that same shit in the spring with green (laughs) grass and green trees. Nobody wants orange, red and yellow trees. That's, that's overrated. And you don't want to be that bride or that groom that's sitting up at the altar and looking out into the crowd. And what do you see is a whole bunch of guys and gals on their phones looking down. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. But that's what you're going to see if you plan your wedding in the fall. So don't be a douchebag. Don't be an asshole. Don't plan your wedding in the fall. Just do it in another time. Kevin, when's your anniversary? April. The spring. There you go. You did it for the boys. I did it for the boys and the gals, you know, Uh, it's just ridiculous. So the wedding ends at four o'clock or starts at four o'clock and I have to go to Atlanta. And I told my wife, I said, well, that's fine, but you're driving down there. I'll drive you guys to the concert, but you're driving down there so I can watch the Notre Dame for the Tennessee game. So there you go. Let's set the law down. People I'm realizing (laughs) that my priorities are way out of whack. College football is way too high up on my priority list. Or just exactly where it should be. I mean, it's it's number one. I yeah. don't want to do anything else on the weekends. <laughs> or Saturdays. All right. Well, you did a great job. I, I don't want to diminish the sales job you did on the Ryder nice. Cup, but uh, I just, it's going to be real tough sell to get me to watch golf. Now, if you could tell me, let's go to like B dubs. We're going to eat wings and drink a lot of beer and we're going to watch these golf, you know, professionals um, do a lot of trash talking and celebrating and it's going to get crazy. I don't know. That sounds like a fun Sunday. Meet me in Atlanta. Let's do it, dude. (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs) Come up and uh, hang out at the the varsity, maybe. Yeah, we'll do it, dude. I'll I'll tell him about, hey, can you put the Ryder Cup on? Sure, it's NFL Sunday. Yeah, but it's the Ryder Cup. Can you please put it on? <laughs> I bet it'll be on at least one screen. I guarantee it will. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for pub dubs? I am. Sorry, I was taking a drink of my beer. No, I am no very ready for some pub dubs. I'm drinking beer, too. Hey, this show is Moonshine and Scoreboards. I am interested in what beer you're drinking before we get into pub dubs. What are you having? I only drink McUltras. That's it? 
Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. I don't oh. like the sour beers. I don't like the IPAs or the craft beers. I I stick to my Mick Ultras and my 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. Yeah. Superior light beer. You got a girlish figure, I guess. I'm reading the can. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I thought you were going to have something more festive. I've got something festive tonight. What is it? Is it a so, pumpkin ale? This is from a brewery called Southern Tier Brewing Company, and the beer is called Warlock Imperial Pumpkin Stout, 8.6 ABV. It is a wow, stout. that's higher than mine. High alcohol content, and let me just tell you, this is delicious. It's a delicious it? beer. I've been enjoying it so much, and it and it tastes like fall. It's really nice. Free ads. We get free ads yeah. on this show. If you want to sponsor us, Southern Tier Brewing Company, please do send me another case of Warlock, and I will promote you till the cows come home. Or make Ultra. <laughs> or make Ultra. <laughs> I know make Ultras are not very hard to find, not very expensive to find. So if you want to send some out here, make Ultra, you know, I know you got some. <laughs> I mean, look, I would drink it. So if you want to sponsor us, I'll drink you make Ultra. That's right. <laughs> All right, pub dubs. So a recap from last week, week four. Kevin, we tied. We both went six and four in week four. The, the funny thing, though, was it was a reversal of fortunes because typically I've done better on NFL. You've done better on college. I went four and one this week on the college picks, and you went two and three. Um, Let's so, go, Justin. Four yeah, and so, one? Yeah, I went four and one in college, but then you picked up the pace on the NFL picks and and I fell off a bit. So we both went six and four for those who are interested. That means overall, Kevin, you are 20 and 20 and even 500 through uh, four weeks of pub dubs. I'm 19 and 21. So I'm nipping at your heels. I've come back and I am in the game. If you deposited a hundred dollars on all my picks, you've gained not one penny, (laughs) (laughs) but you haven't lost a penny either. You haven't lost anything. You haven't lost anything. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So now I've got a fresh lineup for us. We've got five college football games. We got five NFL games, and let's get to it, Kevin. You get the first pick on this one. The first game I've got on the list is one we talked about previously, and I know what you're going to do, but let's get it official. This is Utah at Oregon State. Oregon State is minus three point five, and Kevin, I feel like you are feeling like Oregon State is in for a bounce back here. I do. I think that Oregon State is going to bounce back. I think that they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to cover the three and a half points. Um, a low-scoring game, kind of like all of Utah State or all of Utah's games have been. But I think that Oregon State kind of pulls away late being at home. Let's say something along the lines of like 21 to 10. Oof. Beavers. All right. That's decisive. Uh, I think that no cam rising Utah is going to kind of get into the thick of their schedule and kind of struggle a little bit. Yeah. I I have to say on this one, I agree with you. I, I I know I was talking earlier. I was a little surprised um, at your initial take on Utah, Oregon state, but I think you're right. I think, I think um, at the end of the day, Oregon state, it's first of all, you're at home. You've got that advantage. Utah really hasn't looked great uh, this year and without their yeah, without the quarterback. I mean, I picked against them last week, and, and Utah still beat UCLA, but it was not a pretty game. So, um, right. yeah, I, I'm going to pick against them once again. 
Oregon State's going to take down Utah. On that, and that's a Friday night, like we said. That's a high school football game. Now we move on to Saturday, and we've got Florida at Kentucky. Another game we've already talked about here. Um, apparently, uh, Coach Stoops wants the fans to show up lathered up <laughs> before, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> the game, before the game even kicks off. Uh, Florida's coming in. Now, look, Florida lost to Kentucky last year. Kentucky's at home. Kentucky's undefeated this year. Um, I don't think Florida's that good. I don't believe in, in Graham Mertz. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the home team. Kentucky minus two and a half. I think Kentucky's going to win this. I just don't think I I'm looking at Florida's schedule. I think they're going to end up with a few more losses before the season's over. And I think this is one of them. So I'm going Kentucky at home over the Florida Gators. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm going with the Cats. I think that that they're going to get it done at home. I, I, Florida beat Tennessee, but I don't think that Florida's very good. So I think that kind of begins to show. Uh, give me Kentucky. Yeah, I to think cover yeah, the points too. One thing we know about with uh, Kentucky is they're going to have a good defense. I mean, that's just typically how they roll. So. Yeah, I, I don't think Florida is going to be able to do much up there in in uh, in uh, Lexington. So, all right. all right, next matchup we've got LSU at Ole Miss. LSU is the road favorite, getting minus two points. Ole Miss just lost to Alabama, and now they're licking their wounds. Can they bounce back against the Bayou Bengals, Kevin? Uh. No, they can't. I like LSU to go to Ole Miss. I like LSU to win this game. I think that the SEC West is going to come down to four teams. I think it's going to come down to Alabama, Ole Miss, A&M, and LSU. Um, I think this is going to kind of put the nail in Ole Miss, but they might still play spoiler going on later. Um, But I, I, I don't know. I think LSU is is the second best team in the West, if not the first best team. So I'm going to go with the Tigers uh, in Oxford to get it done. In the Grove. In the Grove. No Katy Perry this week. Yeah, no Katy Perry. Um, I, You know what? I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to depart from you on this one. Um, first of all, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for Lane Kiffin. I know... He left Tennessee in a lurch when he decided to take his dream job at USC. People were burning couches. People were so upset with him. And he's one of those coaches that when he's not your coach, he really rubs you the wrong way. But when he is your coach, you know, you know, he's an asshole, but he's your asshole and you love it. Right. And I developed a little, I know that this guy, he knows how to coach offense. I don't, if, if it comes down to my belief in coaches, I believe in Lane Kiffin more than I believe in Brian Kelly. And I think, I think Ole Miss, they did, you know, sure. They, they lost. It, it, it's not like it was a super close game against Alabama, but they've been tested. And I just don't, I don't know. I'm going Ole Miss on this one. Ole Miss at home. The, the home dog, Kevin, you taught me. I, I know I did teach you that. I want, do we have a minute? Can we just take a second real quick? Sure. Who do you think the top five coaches in the SEC are? Oh, 
Now that's a tough question. Um, because you just made a point mm-hmm. that I kind of disagree with. Okay. I do think that Brian Kelly is a better coach than Lane Kiffin. I think the top three are kind of in a league of their own, right? Saving smart Kelly. Given the history, what they've done, where they've been, you know, I, I mean, hell, Brian Kelly was fantastic at Notre Dame when he was there. Granted, he couldn't win the big game, but he was really good there. And then I think the next two would probably be Kiffin and Heupel. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I want to, I don't necessarily disagree with your list. I mean, like I said, I don't, I feel like Brian Kelly has never been able to, to really prove it to me that he deserves to be an elite, considered an elite coach. And I'm not saying that Lane Kiffin has, um, because he hasn't won a championship. Um, right. But I feel like he's done enough to show me that like, I think he's a guy who's maybe it comes down to, I feel like I know what I get with Lane Kiffin and I don't know who the hell Brian Kelly is. And, and so from, from that standpoint, I think that those two, and I think it would be for me, top tier is Saban and Kirby. That's it. That's it. Right. And then tier two is where you've got, for me, it'd be like Kiffin and Kelly and I don't even know if Heupel deserves to be there yet. I'm not. If sure. not Heupel, would you put Jimbo Fisher there? Because I think that's the only other person that deserves maybe, to be there. Maybe, but I gotta tell you, you look at what Stoops has done at Kentucky. I knew you were gonna say this shit. Look, I don't like Kentucky. I'm not a Kentucky fan, but but like you have to understand that that program has never, uh, aside from when they had Bear Bryant as their coach, like. Has never uh, been what? They're not good. They had one good season. One. Their defense has consistently been good while he's been there. But uh, they haven't won like more than eight games. Yeah. Besides well, what, what one you, year. What, do you expect? what, is, what does success look like at Kentucky is the question. I don't think it's a national championship. I don't think it's SEC. No, it, I don't think it's that. But I don't think that if you're going to compare Heupel and Stoops, which I know that Hypo's only been at Tennessee for two years. I get it. This is his third year, and Stoops has been there a while. Yeah. But I mean, in the three in the two years that Hypo's been there, he's already got more impressive wins than Stoops has had in his entire career at Kentucky. I agree, but I also think the ceiling is higher at Tennessee. In my True. opinion. And I, that and is, I it, no, that's correct. <laughs> So I'm looking, maybe I'm looking through orange colored glasses and people might want to like roast me and say I'm a homer. But at the same time, I feel like you're talking about two different tiered programs. Tennessee deserves to be talked about as one of the, I'll say 15, top 15 college football programs of all time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Kentucky is not in the top 50. I'd also agree with that. Okay. So that being the case. I, I always feel like when you're when you're a fan of a program like Kentucky, what is your realistic expectation for success at that school? And I'll I'll say this as being a Tennessee fan, my because switch it to basketball. What is my realistic expectation of success as a Tennessee basketball fan? And honestly, 
it for me, it's making the NCAA tournament at least, I'm going to say three out of four years on a rolling basis and then making a run at the Elite Eight one of those years. Buddy. That's it. With the money that we're paying Rick Barnes, that's what you think that that that's the expectations. Yeah, because what have we done in the past? Nothing ever. Exactly. That okay. Well, see, this is yeah. Okay, this is going to be a fun college basketball season because we're going to dive into old slick. Well, I just don't know. Like, why do we? Why would I? Why, as a fan, why would I have expectations past that? We've never done any any better than that. We right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I no no no. I agree. I disagree, but I see where you're coming from. I I think that if you're paying a coach one of the five highest salaries in college basketball, the expectations need to be changed. I just think that that's that's just the case. Or, if or you're maybe giving, we're paying our college basketball coach too much. Too much. Maybe, yeah. That that's the other scenario. Going back to Kentucky, though, <laughs> I think the expectations are at Kentucky. If you're a Kentucky football fan, the realistic expectations are six and six and no, making a ball no. game. Yeah, because you're not good. You have to understand you're not good. Just take the pill, swallow it. You're not good. You're not ever going to be good. You've never been good besides one year. And now everybody after this one year wants to say, oh, well, Mark Stoops is a good coach. Mark, Kentucky's a good program. Kentucky's this. Kentucky's that. They're not. They had one year and then their one good year, they went nine and three. They went nine and three in their one good year. What have they done since then? <laughs> Nothing. They had this God-given quarterback that that I had to listen to for a whole freaking off season and a whole season saying Will Levis is the best thing since sliced bread, and he sucked ass at Kentucky. He was terrible. So no, don't give me this. Just to you, I don't mean it. Just to you. I mean it towards everybody that's riding Mark Stoops. Don't give me the bullshit about Mark Stoops saying that he's that he's better than Josh Heupel because you're not the only person that's done that, and a lot of people have done it, and it grinds my ever-loving gears. It drives me insane. That's why I wanted to have the conversation. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, we got there. I'm glad we got there. Wait, I just had to get that out. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Back to pub dubs. <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky fans. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not even a A lot of friends on this podcast. I am, dude. I mean, the Notre Dame fans love me. The Tennessee fans love me. That's about it. That's all you need. All right. <laughs> and Colorado fans. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, it's funny because I've put Purdue on this list. I think this is the third time they've showed up on pub dubs. But um, Illinois at Purdue and the reason is, it seems like Purdue is always in these razor-thin margin games. So Purdue is favored at home, uh, minus one point. And I don't feel like we have reason to believe that they can do anything. <laughs> I don't know that they've showed us. I, one point. Another team that can't do anything. At home, I mean, I think I'm going, I'm going Illinois in this game. I don't really one way or the other, doesn't. This is a game that doesn't matter, but it's just it doesn't. But it's a good game to put on there. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to see if Illinois is undefeated because I think they might. I think that they might be. Um, no, they're two and two. They're not even close to undefeated. Okay. Uh, um, I don't even know who I want to pick. 
Um, you picked Purdue. Yeah, I went with, I'm no, I'm going to Illinois on this. One. Okay, then let me go Purdue just to switch it up. Uh, the two the two losses the two losses that Illinois has um, they're to Penn State and Kansas that are both undefeated teams. Just FYI, FYI. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be different than you so I can expand my lead. Okay. All right, go Purdue. Yeah, home team. Give me the spoiler makers. The spoiler makers. I, I yeah. hate that we lost to them. Bowl game makes me so. Yeah, bad. we did. I remember that. Another team, and the Kentucky barrel. That's you can throw them in that barrel too. Yeah. And now uh, making another appearance on the list is Pittsburgh. This time they are traveling to Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh is the favorite on the road, minus two and a half. Kevin, do you think the Panthers are going to bounce back after their loss at West Virginia and take down Virginia Tech? Uh, No, I don't. Um, If this game was not at 8 o'clock, I'd say maybe, but... Uh, enter Sandman, Virginia Tech, Lunch Pail, pair of teams that are one and three, pair of teams that suck. Yeah, give me Virginia suck Tech. Off. Yeah, a suck. Off. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this 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 episode just got spicy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech and the suck off. All right. Let's see who sucks the best. I think. Holy shit! <laughs> I think. I think that Pittsburgh. Look, uh, it, maybe I'm just giving them respect because I feel like we played two close games with them. I also think that they've had a tougher schedule up to this point compared to what Virginia Tech has faced. Um, and they fared. You know, the, their last game was against UNC, uh, and they did. You know, they got walloped, but. Um, at least it wasn't Marshall or Rutgers or Purdue. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Pittsburgh on the road in this one. I think that they're um, the right team is favored, I think. And maybe two and a half is, is fine. <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Interesting line. Sunday, we're moving on to the NFL. Dolphins at Bills. The, will the scoreboard, does, does the scoreboard have enough lights? For all the points that could possibly be scored in this game. The Dolphins coming off a game that we didn't get to talk about where they scored 70 points on the Denver Broncos. And I thought to myself, has any NFL team ever scored 70 points? And it turns out, yes, they did not set the record. Uh, they could have. They actually could have set the record for most points scored in an NFL game. But Josh McDaniel uh, voted to take a knee instead and not go for the points record, and I think he should have. Um, I think he should have, too. I would have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a revenge game. Yeah, but Dolphins at Bills, I, I don't know. I think the Bills the Bills are favored. They're minus two and a half as, as the home team in this one. Um, I don't know. I think the Dolphins, their offense is pretty legit, and I feel like the Bills have sputtered a little bit. I think I'm going to go Dolphins this one. What about yes. you? 70 points without Jalen Waddle. Uh, insane, dude. Um, Tua Tungavailoa is, I pronounced that name perfectly. Oh, you did. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he is, yeah, that's right. He is the leading MVP 
uh, odds in the NFL this year. Josh Allen coming in was the leading MVP odds. Uh, the matchup predictor says 51% Dolphins to win. Oh, interesting. Um, and 48.6% Bills. So there's 0.4% chance of a tie. Um, over under is 53 and a half. Give me the Dolphins. Okay. Give me the Dolphins in a snowball revenge game. If you remember, they, they played last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dolphins and the Bills that I believe was in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's when the Dolphins got eliminated. And that's also when the Bills fans were throwing snowballs at the Dolphins and threw a dildo at the Dolphins. <laughs> um, <laughs> so give me the Dolphins, dude. Yeah, we're getting sexy tonight. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the turn this show has taken. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one, we've got the Bengals. At the Titans, the the Cincinnati Bengals finally picked up a win. Uh, they're going to visit Ugly. the Titans in Nashville, and they are bringing two and a half points with them as the road favorite. Kevin, do the Bengals have what it takes to win in Nissan Stadium, <laughs> Nashville? So I'm going to say that I'm going to go out on a limb here, okay? I'm going to say this game ends in a tie. Oh, my goodness. Do you want me to put I, that down as your pick? Yeah, I do. I want you to put, the, okay. I want you to put a tie down as the pick All right. because I think both these teams are kind of just bleh. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Bengals, I'm sorry, your Super Bowl pick. Yeah, they looked, <laughs> they looked awful. All season, and I'm. I mean, I've just been sitting here saying, "Oh, the Bengals are gonna. They're gonna do it. They're gonna. They're gonna get hot. They're gonna get hot. They're gonna get hot." And they still looked bad Monday night. Um, barely squeaked out a win, and against a bad LA Rams team. Yeah. And and so, I don't know, man. The Titans aren't good either, though. The Titans no. suck. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill sucks. Your backup is Will Jeans, and he sucks. And so, I don't know. Derek Henry can only do so much. I'm going to say a tie. I'm going to say a tie. <laughs> That's the boldest bold, pick. That is a bold pick. That is the boldest pick I've said on this show. But if I you just, get that right, I feel like you get tie. double points. I'm. You know what? If it's a tie, I give you two points for that one. Give me. I, the two I'm going to write it down. All right. As long as you keep track of that. Two points for Kevin if he's right. Yeah, give me the tie, man. Give me a tie, like, literally, like, six to six. <laughs> no touchdowns right. because both offenses are awful. Well, for me, I think the potential is still there with the Bengals, and they've got to get on track at some point. Joe Burrow's got to earn that contract, um, show why the Bengals decided to tie up a fortune into into Joe Burrow. So I think the Bengals are going to win this one. Um it's probably going to be an easy one too. I think two and a half. In, in my mind, that's a uh, you, you hammer the Bengals on. But that's just is that a bet the mortgage game for you? I would never say that to anyone. But yes. Okay. Well, I'll say it. Justin said bet the mortgage on the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. You can say it on my behalf. Yeah. Um. All right. Next one, we've got a classic matchup of the Ravens. At the Browns in the dog pound, Cleveland 
minus two and a half in this one. Of course, now without Nick Chubb for the rest of the season, um, the Ravens, you know, they, they, again, another offense that's got a lot of potential. I feel like they haven't really reached with Lamar Jackson at the helm. Um, but I think that Cleveland, one thing that they, their offense has been inconsistent, but their defense has been pretty solid so far. And at home with that home crowd, I, yeah, I, I personally think, I think the Browns can do this. I, th- I think that the Browns can win this game. I think they should win this game. And I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns, even though I dropped Deshaun Watson from a fantasy team. Um, I still think that I oh, think wait. they got enough firepower to do it. How'd your survivor pool go? I'm still alive. I picked the Seahawks. Oh, good pick. Good yeah. pick. Yeah, I picked the Seahawks, so I'm still alive. Almost everyone in my survivor pool picked the Jaguars. So, mm. and it's a two strike league. One dude is done. He's out. Two. He missed two weeks in a row, so he's out. Everybody else missed. There's only one person who has no strikes, and I can't remember who. I feel like he's picking all the, like he's picked Dallas, San Francisco. Like he's picking all the obvious winner teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still alive. One strike. And now the game really begins. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. Good. Good. I'm glad. I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think the loss of Nick Chubb is too much for the Browns. So give me Baltimore. You don't believe in Ford and Kareem Hunt? No, I don't. Although I picked up Kareem Hunt, and he got me 3.5 fantasy points. Um, so You're thank welcome. you for that. Yep. Great contribution there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. But yeah, I like the Ravens. They come off a heartbreaking loss to the Colts uh, last Sunday. So I think they'll bounce back and get a nice division win this week. I feel like they're that, but the, to me, that's the Ravens this year. That like they're just they've just been disappointing so far. I don't two know. and Maybe. one. That was their first loss. Yeah, yeah but how have they looked? <laughs> they, oh, they haven't looked very good. But uh, no better time to start than once your division play really kicks up. You know what I mean? I guess you know, and that Texans win could look better as the season goes on because the I mean, Texans might be frisky. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Um, next pick Rams at Colts, Indianapolis as the home team getting minus one. Uh, we uh, Rams haven't looked great. The Colts have actually been surprisingly good. Um, considering I didn't believe Anthony Richardson was going to be a very good NFL quarterback. And he's done all right. So, um, Kevin, do you think that Indianapolis is a worthy favorite in this game? No, no, I don't. Uh, but I think that they can still cover the spread um, because that's how bad I think the Rams are. Uh, so, so give me the Colts. Give me the Colts to to cover the spread and win the out game. Win Colts. the game outright. Colts at home. Okay. Um, just looking so far at what we've where our different picks have been. I, I'm gonna, oh, you have the advantage of looking at that. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm keeping track of it. That's right. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to divert from you again on this one. I think I'll think I think I'll take the Rams on the road um, to win this one. And really, it's just because I think that uh, that I, I I just think that they've got you know a little more. Well, I'll be honest. I picked up. <laughs> I I dropped Cam Akers. Of course. Um, I picked up. Uh, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. And I need him to do something for me. So, you know, this is this is me hoping that my fantasy team performs. But I want the fingers Rams. crossed. Yeah. All right. And then finally, we go to Monday. We've got the Seahawks at the Giants. Somehow, the Giants are favored minus one and a half at home. And I don't know if you saw the video uh, last week of Daniel Jones surveying the field. He, he, he looks lost. <laughs> Another dude that got $40 million and just looks completely bamboozled <laughs> all the time. It, it, it's like, it was like someone, someone wrote up a script and they were like, let's, let's do a stereotypical, like confused quarterback. Look, let's get him out there. Let's just, it's like an SNL skit. He honestly looked like he had no idea what was happening. Um, but yeah, 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 I don't, I don't, Daniel Jones ain't it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm suffering again, fantasy wise, because I had, I've got Darren Waller on my fantasy team and, and he doesn't have anybody that can get him the ball sadly. So, but what do you think, Kevin, you, you get to pick this one. So Seahawks at giants. Are you I like are the you, Seahawks? You feeling the road team on this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are actually like low key pretty good, um, and I think the Giants are high key pretty bad without Saquon Barkley, who's not going to be playing this week. Yeah. So I'll ride with the Seahawks. I think you're right. No drama. No need to to build up any drama in this one. I'm I'm going to go Seahawks as well. You know what? They they took care of me last week when I picked them in my survivor league, so I'll ride That's with right. them. I'll ride with them in, in uh when they visit New Jersey. And I hope they enjoy their visit to play the Giants. I always say that's one of the things that always sticks to me because I feel like it is one of those it's a stereotype. It's a it's a cliche, I guess I should say, that like it's difficult for a team to go coast to coast. Like that's a real mm-hmm. challenge. And uh and it can give the home team an advantage, but yeah, I, don't, I think I don't it being on Monday night kind of helps Seattle too. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that gives them a little more acclimation time. So, right, yeah. Seahawks. Um, I'm disappointed in you. Why? There was one pick that I wanted you to put on here that you didn't. Uh oh. And it was an over under. Over under. The Jets oh. played the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, and I wanted you to put over under seven. And a half times that the NBC broadcasting crew mentions Taylor Swift on yeah. the broadcast. Oh my God, it's going to be over. It's going to be way over. I think it might be like double or triple that. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, crazy. Crazy that the sports world is, inter- is mingling with the entertainment world so, so seamlessly it's, over yeah. Travis Kelsey. Take, take it, taking the sports world by storm. The can, impact that Taylor Swift has on everything, everything she touches, it's wild. Turns to gold. Yeah. 
And you yeah. could hear the disappointment in my voice when I said Travis Kelsey. Just anybody else but somebody on the Chiefs. But you know. it's okay, Taylor. You do your thing. Whatever. I, I just, I, th- my thoughts, I think they're playing everybody. And I, I don't think they're actually dating. I think they're just like, let's play a joke on everybody. And they're just like kind of playing everybody. Uh, at least that's my hope. Uh, because I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that for Taylor. Uh, but that's just our entertainment circle. Um, long show, I know. But I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I know we dove a lot. We, we had to cover the Ryder Cup. I told you from the get-go it was going to be a little bit of a special show. So I appreciate you guys giving that a chance, giving us a chance, uh, sticking with us. I promise on every show is going to be like this, but you know what? I was thinking about today and I was like, listen, we only record one time a week. That means we only put out one episode one time a week. So if it's like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes sometimes, then, you know, you don't have to listen to it all at one time. You can spread that out throughout the week. You know, you don't have to take us all like medicine just once, you know, take us like a, a cup of coffee every day on your way to work. So, just a just a just an idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to share something. We have broken through to social media this week, and we are now officially on X. X marks a spot. Moonshine and scoreboards can be found on X, and if you want to follow us, our username is Boozy Sports Pod. <laughs> oh, beautiful Boozy Sports yes. Pod! And I love it. B o o z y s p o r t s Pod. Pod. So boozy sports pod, one word, um, or you can search moon, moonshine and scoreboards, and we'll show up. We've got our classic logo that you can see there, and uh, yeah, so check us out there because you'll get some updates. Um, we'll let you know when when shows come out, or if we've got questions, and if you want to interact with us, that's a good place to do it. On right, for sure, yes, for sure. You be sure to give us a uh, a follow on the X. If you're not familiar with the X, it's formerly called Twitter. I still call it Twitter because I'm not up to the times. Um, so give us a follow there. We'll interact. I'm sure we'll do some live tweeting at some point during some games. Um, so that'll be a fun, fun place to hang out with us also. Uh, but thanks once again for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your college football slate. Thank you, Justin, for hanging out with me and putting up with me and being a wonderful co-host. Thank you, Joe, for Thank producing Joe. us. Big Joe, uh, for doing everything that he does with us. Um, and thank you guys for listening. And to the Ohio State fans, congratulations. Enjoy your rest of your season. To the Notre Dame fans, we're st- they're, they're, season's not over yet. Uh, go Vols. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. And enjoy your college football and NFL weekend. You guys have a good, re- good week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, 
the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. 